Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Andrew Aguilar. Surprise! What's up, everybody? It's me, Drewski, bringing the word. How you guys doing? So if you didn't know me before, my name is Andrew. I get the amazing privilege and blessing to be the youth pastor here at Convergence House of Prayer. Not only that, I am related to pastors Greg and Wendy. Through marriage, I married their oldest daughter, Hannah Joy, was Seamus, now Aguilar, brought into the eagle's view of the Aguilar name. And um, all my Mexican people that know what I'm talking about said amen. Uh-huh. And um, no, it's just, it's just so much fun being able to do what I do here. Work is, is almost the wrong term for getting to do what God has called you to do in the Bay Area, in a region that you love. This is where I grew up. I was born in Hayward. This is my home. The Bay is, is where it's at for Andrew. And um, I'll travel the world one day, but I, I just can't help but be so passionate for my home. Um, and I hope you are as well. Uh, like me, you share in your passion. So <clears throat> before I begin... I was praying about this morning, yesterday, in my prayer time. You guys are so quiet, like, hey, man, pastor's praying. That's good. I'm just kidding. And I was asking the Lord, I was like, Lord, what do you want to release today? Because Pastor Greg, he's, he was sharing with me. He said, you know, I, I was praying, and I just didn't feel this, the release of the word. And I think you have a word. And I was like, I think you're right. That, that's the beauty of our team, being a part of this team. Not only family, it, it, is, it is like beyond family. It, it's like the Holy Spirit's there. The, the continuity of like how it all runs in and moves through. I was actually just remembering this, this time when we were in a staff meeting. And Anthony's not in here right now, but he's, he's, he was on worship team. But everyone on, on the team was there and the fragrance of the Lord filled our staff meeting. And we couldn't help but just, like, be shocked. We were like, something's happening. It was not essential oils. It was not the air conditioner pulling in some air fresheners. It was a smell that I have never smelt before in my life. And it was a moment. I looked at Hannah, and I was, like, grabbing the table, like, did you put something on? Like, I know you smell good, but, like, this smells good. Like, this is, this is crazy. What is happening? But just the presence of the Lord and how he filled the room and we were just enjoying it together as a family, as a staff. And, and the Gearings and, and Jenny and uh, the whole team, Anthony, we were all just in this moment. And like we, we couldn't do anything. We just stopped. We're just like, we sat. But that's just what we do. We prefer the Lord. We prefer the Lord. <laughs> like... I had a prayer this morning. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, I want to ride shotgun. You drive. That's all I care about. I'm a good shot. I'll, I'll shoot where you want me to, but I just want you to be in the driver's seat. 
And I, that's the prayer of my life. Lord, I want you to drive. I want you to, to d- determine the direction of where my words go. And, how I, and I'll do my best to hit the target every time it's in front of me. That, that's what shotgun means. That, so that's where we got that term, you guys. It's not all violence and stuff. Come on, man. The violent take it by force. You know, all my men who like shooting guns, Second Amendments. Guys, come on. Loosen up. It, it's not all about violence got to redeem these things. Come on, people. It starts with the way we think. Um, so I asked the Lord, one, I've got four things this morning that I feel like he was releasing. Um, practical steps for forgiving and releasing others. New, healthy family habits. Faith that the Holy Spirit will invade your family and your entire household. And I felt that the Lord said that he wants to bring in our minds a level playing field so that the pressure to be perfect is lifted. It's not about being perfect. It's about him perfecting, being perfect in us. So... Whether or not I get to deliver in my way with my words, I, am faith, I have faith and hope that the Lord will deposit something in you today that you will walk away with because I'll do my best. But it's ultimately him and the work of his presence that causes change in us. So I'm going to pray right now and let's just open up to the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for what you're doing here in the Bay Area. I thank you for the generations. I thank you for each one that is sitting in this room, the ones that represent the households, the family lines that I'm not necessarily a part of, but you've grafted us all together. I ask, Lord, that my words would fall on good soil. I know that you've been tilling the hearts of your people throughout this week. Every second and every moment you've been there. There have been rough patches of time, and there have been some good moments, Lord, and I know that you're in every single minute of it. So I ask, God, that you would be with us here and you would lead us. We submit our time to you, and I submit my words to you. We depend on you, Jesus. Amen. Let's dive in. I'm in Colossians 3 today. The title of my message is love your family, change the world. Love your family, change the world. Let's jump right in. Colossians 3, verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones. If you have ever felt like you have been forgotten by God, this verse right here in the very beginning of verse 12, God's chosen ones, you are chosen It's written in black ink in the Bible that when your eyes run over those words and you speak them out with your mouth, that means you are chosen. You have not been forgotten. You're not too far gone. You're not not good enough. You are perfectly made for him. 
you're chosen. Holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. Can I get an amen? Sometimes it just feels like we're bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you forgive. That is an incredibly provoking thought for somebody like me, and I know I'm not the only one, because so I've been through some stuff. Anybody else? Have you been through some stuff? Or am I the only one? You have felt some pain. You have felt life hit you in the face like an uppercut from Mike Tyson. You have felt it. And this right here in Colossians 3 says, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, the Lord, that means Jesus. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. Just as Jesus forgave us, we are to forgive others. My family and my children, because we are parents... It is our job to teach them the way that they should go. How many of you guys have a family in here? How many of you guys have parents? Then you have a family. Your hands should go up. How many of you guys have ever been a part of somebody's uh, family tree? Everyone should have their hands in the air because that is you. So it is our job to teach our family. Your family is your first ministry. I would say it is your primary ministry. That is first be all, all, be, before all else. We have this saying, and I got offended at first at my wife. Anybody else been there? Come on, gentlemen. Your wife sometimes like, oh, why'd you do that? We had the fruits of the spirit on the wall. Uh, beyond our table for the longest time. Like, it, it would be the wall, here's the table, we eat at dinner, and the kids would go, yay, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith. We were teaching them the fruit of the Spirit, and it was so great. And one day, she removed it, and I was cool with it, because she, she's got her touches, she's like the bomb, and she removed it and put up this saying, and this saying offended the devil out of me. There was something inside of me, and I realize it now. It says, and it's a quote from Mother Teresa. It is a paraphrase, but it is basically what she said, and that's not what we do with the Bible. It was Mother Teresa. It was the general theme of what she said. I did some research, so I just want to make sure I know my stuff. It says, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Here I am, a pastor I'm called to be with people that aren't necessarily my children. And I felt something inside of me go like, oh, she got that for you. Because you're not home enough. 
You need to be home more and love your kids because you're not doing a good. And, and I, we've talked. What was it? What's that lady's name? The story in my mind. What is it? Brene Brown. We did the whole Brene Brown thing. The story that I'm telling myself is that you got this because you hate what I'm doing. And she said, what? That's what you're thinking? Not at all. That's the Holy Spirit convicting you. (laughs) I was good with the fruit of the Spirit. I was like, this is my jam. It's scripture. Andrew loves scripture. I could read it. And yes. And then this thing got on the wall, and I was like, dang it. I suck again. I was working on the fruit. And now the fruit of her womb. (laughs) I'm not paying attention to. And the Lord was just gently leading me to a place of that I am now. And this is what I'm sharing with you. Just being real. We're in a season in our lives that we're kind of giving up our children. And I know you might not have physical children of your own. But we're all family. We have a responsibility that when we follow Christ to one another, we are responsible. We're so, the American culture is like, stay out of my business. I don't want to touch you. I don't want you to know me. And then that looks like bondage. But here at Convergence House of Prayer, I believe that the Lord is doing something completely different. We've talked a lot about Malachi 4.6 which talks about the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Hearts turning towards one another, loving one another. looks like heaven on earth. I have a practical breakdown today of what I, I feel like the Lord is saying for our house and our culture. Because it's our job, not our teacher's jobs, to teach our children morals, to teach them in the way they should go. It is my job to pastor your child, and I will do my best to help you. But it is ultimately your job, because it is your child, to teach them in the way they should go. We can help each other. That's my job. But if you don't display it at home, it makes my job a lot harder. Because we need to get here, up our hands up, my, children's not, my child's not worshiping Jesus, I don't know why. Make sure you do it at home. Make sure you teach them at home. We don't go to church to worship. We go to church to gather and worship together. Worship takes place at home in what you do every day and how you talk and how you love each other. So if you want to see the world change, it's time to go home and love your family. I have a story to share and My main thing today is we're going to talk about forgiveness and I have a quick story to share, story to share and an illustration. You guys ready? This just happened like three days ago. Thursday? Was that three days? Yeah. Uh, No, Friday. It was on Friday. We went with the family to the Alameda County Fair. And I want to talk about reactions, because sometimes in life, 
we react ways that we don't plan on. And then it causes some baggage that we carry with, like around. You can either be the giver or the receiver of this said baggage. Let me, let me explain. I was in the Alameda County Fair with my children and my beauty. Nani and Bops are there. That's Pastors Greg and Wendy. Nani and Bops. <laughs> it was a beautiful day. The temperature was perfect. God knew. He said, Andrew, this day is for you. I'm just kidding. We're walking around, having a great time. Kids are like, yay, watching little pigs race. <laughs> Running around in my hope. She's like, I want a pig. Like, me too. <laughs> they're so cute. I love them. They're ugly, but they're so ugly that they're cute, you know? So we're, we're watching these pigs race, and then after the pig race comes the, the height of the whole day. We go to the petting zoo. In the petting zoo, there's deer. There's a deer that you could pet and feed. Like, he's in your hand. You're like, hey, deer. What's, this is a deer. <laughs> Petting the deer. I feel it bite my pocket. I think they trained them to take your money. <laughs> I feel it nibbling in the, my back pocket. I was like, what the heck is going on? Hannah's not back there. Um, <laughs> it was this deer. Petting the deer. Samuel ran out of food. So he said, Dad, you have a quarter? I said, I think I do. Somewhere we got a quarter. And there's this little machine on the wall. I put the, the quarter in the machine because it's kind of high. And all of a sudden, this goat just gathers. They knew. They knew more food was coming. It was like a, you guys ever seen that movie, Arachnophobia, where all the spiders chase you? But it was goats. This goat is sitting there, and I'm trying to turn the machine, and it was broken. The quarter wasn't coming out, and I was like, what in the world's going on? This thing, I'm like, because I'm a fixer. Like, if something's broken, I'm like, I can fix this. You know, I'm trying to sit there, and like, Sam was just watching. He's watching me. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, this goat thinks he knows karate, and he tries to climb my son's face. He comes up and goes, the hoof of this goat goes in my son's mouth. And he's like, and my reaction, don't judge me, was I was like, I karate chopped a goat. And there were some people that you could tell were not from around here. Maybe a different country that really like worships animals. And this mother was like, Looking at me, and I felt so judged. Parents, you ever feel judged when your kid's in public, and they're, like, acting, like, crazy, and then you do something crazy, and then they're like, that family's crazy. And, like, I just couldn't, I just, it was my reaction. It was like, Pah! And then, I was, Samuel, are you okay? Then all of a sudden, this goat came back again. And then I did it again, but with my knuckles. I was like, bam! And get out of here. And then he left. I could, I didn't know what else to do. That was my reaction 
because I wasn't ready for my son to get kicked in the face by a goat. Like, I, I wasn't ready. He, 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 he's crying, and he's, like, super upset. But sometimes in life, things happen, like, even as parents or as loved ones, that we react in ways that we weren't even really expecting to react, but it was all we knew how. But what happens on the back end, say, if you were the goat and you get punched, Sometimes people hurt you and they don't even really know. And it wasn't even really their intention. Because they didn't know better. I knew better, but I still didn't. I didn't feel bad for the goat. I felt bad for my son. The goat, I was like, Samuel, you want to buy this thing? We could bring it home and eat it, eat some mutton. It'd be good. I've got my Indian friends. I'll invite them all over. They'll curry it up, you know? And he smiled. He's like, huh. <laughs> he laughs at me. He's like, you're my dad, and I like that. But it was, it was just, we had a moment, and he was getting up, you know, had to talk with them. Hannah's like, is he okay? And it was okay. It, it was okay. But sometimes... It's not a goat on the other end of the story. It's our, it's our spouse or it's our child. Something will happen. So, and like, I've had to work through this with my own dad. I love him to death. But the cards that were dealt with him when he was a kid were way worse than the cards I was dealt with my dad. So his reactions came from a place of brokenness just like a lot of our reactions come from a place of brokenness. We don't intentionally cause pain or agony to people. Sometimes we just don't know better. That doesn't justify our actions by any means. But it is something to consider that when we read Colossians 3 and we're to forgive one another, just as Christ forgave us. So for a moment, I want to jump back into Scripture, and I want to start right here at Mark 15, 16 through 20. And it says this, And the soldiers led him, him as Jesus, away inside the palace. This is the governor's headquarters. They called together a whole battalion And they clothed him in a purple cloak and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head. They began to salute him, hail king of the Jews. And they were striking his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling down in homage to to him. They had mocked him. They stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. And they led him out to crucify him. Another place that talks about Jesus being mocked is right here in Luke 22, 63 through 65. It says, now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, prophesy. They would hit him and they would say, prophesy. Who hits you? Do you even know? This same Jesus, this same God 
who has directed us to forgive. And the number one most important thing is to love you, the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says, then the second one is just like it. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. What does it look like to walk in forgiveness? Jesus. Luke 23, 34. He's on the cross. He says, Father, forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing. It's hard because we want reason. We want that person who hurt us to come up to us and say, will you forgive me? See, when I'm at home loving my family, the things that I'm teaching my children are this. And these are questions that I keep asking them. What are the, some of the most important words that you can say? Samuel, what are some of the most important words you can say? And we're working on this. This is the new lesson. And he's getting it. Hope's getting it. The boys are getting it. They'll say, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I love you. And Hope added, please and thank you. It is our job to lead them in ways they should go. So that they're not the ones mocking Jesus on the other side. They're not the ones blindfolding the people that have come to save them. They're not the ones blindfolding them because they're blinded by their own pride. Hitting those that are trying to help them. I'm painting a picture right now of our society. There are people in our nation that are blinded. And they're beating those that came to save them. It looks like love. Love with no strings attached. But I believe that there's a regiment of people that know how to forgive as Christ did. That can push past the pain. That in the midst of trial, they will not cave to the enemy. But they will stay steadfast and choose to love even when it seems irrational, even when it seems totally upside down, even when you're completely justified that you completely forgive. If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. If you want to change the world, love those just like you love yourself. Hey, Jonathan, can you come up here real fast? This is Jonathan Castro. I've asked him to give me a hand today with my illustration. I'm going to come down. Just wait for me right here. I mentioned Malachi 4.6 earlier today, and I want to paint a clear picture of what that looks like. put this backpack on come down here
This is Jonathan. Everyone say hi, Jonathan. Jonathan is amazing. He's one of our young adults here. Jonathan, I want to thank you today for being um, my prop. But I believe that this is a declaration not only for you, Jonathan, but it's a declaration for our entire body. See, because we all have been hurt. And we can carry hurt and pain until we die. We can wait for people to say, will you forgive me? Or we can carry the weight. I mean, this can look like the times that you reacted to your children. You said things that you shouldn't have. Or maybe someone said something that they shouldn't have to you. And you're waiting. You're waiting for mom or dad to come and say sorry. But time runs out. How many of you have waited for someone to say sorry? Held on to some pain and you still feel that pain. You can carry it for a while. You can carry it to the day you die. But when God calls you, hey, it's time to climb up. I put this call on your life. You are to seek me. You are to find me. You, but you're carrying this weight that's holding you back. This weight of offense that's taken root so much to the point where you can't even move. Because you got a decently sized backpack. Your life at least 80 years this is how long you can live and every single day how many offenses can you take to the things you see on TV to the people that are in your life you want to have a marriage so maybe you got dumped and you got hurt and and you're carrying it you don't want to release that pain because that person's a punk or how about you your your plans at work didn't go the way you thought you worked so hard so much overtime trying to gain some recognition you doing okay but you didn't get it it hurts it wears over time you can carry that right I mean it's heavy but you can carry that St. Andrew, what's this have to do with ecclesia? It has everything to do with ecclesia. Don't you see it? It has everything to do with who God has called you to be. This has everything to do with your purpose on the earth. See, there's people that you might not even recognize are carrying around so much baggage because you're busy looking at your own. It's time to get our eyes off of ourselves and on one another. Because people are going to hurt us. People are going are gonna to offend us. And we can carry that garbage our entire life. Or, we don't have to live a life. This wake is so strong, so, much, so heavy. There's, there has been a trend of suicide in our, in our country. People say, oh, it's okay. They were so brave. How many of you have been 
affected by suicide in some way. It's haunted your thoughts. It's haunted thoughts of others. It's haunted your family. You've been a part of a family that has had a suicide. What do you think it's from? It's from hurt. It's from pain. It's from offense. Maybe that, maybe that's a big one. That's probably a divorce. A divorce that ended so unhealthy that it has wrecked you for the entire rest of your life. You're right in the middle of it. This one right here, a parent that's left you, and you got to carry that. How's that feel? That's heavy. I'll let you sit there for a few minutes. It's just a few minutes for him, but it could be your entire life. It's a few minutes for him, and it's going to get tiring. But it could be your entire life. It'll hinder you your entire life if you don't choose to forgive. Sometimes, Andrew, it's so hard to forgive because I, I am so right. They hurt me. They need to be sorry. They need to be sorry. They need to repent. So you're going to wait till they come to. You're going to wait and wait and wait. But Malachi 4.6 says, In those days, the hearts of the fathers will turn to the children. The hearts of fathers will get off of their, their own eyes will not be fixed on their situations because their eyes will be fixed on the Lord so that they will be able to lead the next generation. If you want to be a father that leads, put your hand up. I'm talking to fathers and mothers. Father is just the figurative of speech. If you want to be a leader, if you want to lead those people to Jesus so they can walk in freedom, put your hand up. This is what it looks like in the Ecclesia. Victor, would you come up here? Pastor Greg, could you come up as well? And Joel, you just got baptized, right? Come here, my brother. Come on. This is what it looks like. I want you guys to pick up his arms. This is what the Ecclesia does. This is what community is. When we love one another like we love ourselves, we help lift up the weight that's been on other people's shoulders to the point where Jesus works through us so that one day that weight and offense can be removed. If you have been offended, go ahead, take that weight away. Thank you guys, thank you guys. Stay here. If you have been offended, if you have been hurt, if you feel like you need to forgive, you guys can sit down. If you feel like you need some freedom or you want to stand in the gap for somebody else, I want you to stand up out of your chair and come take a rock out of the backpack that he's wearing. And that rock is representing your situation. Come on up. Come on up and grab a rock out of his backpack and believe that the Lord is depositing something in your family today. The Lord is depositing freedom in your life freedom from offense, freedom from divorce. God is doing something here. And if you want to be a representative for your family, step up. Take a rock out of the backpack. Put it on the stage and the buckets.
do it. We might not have enough, but it's okay. I just encourage you, don't sit dormant. Don't let offense be the end of you because freedom is real. When you taste freedom in Christ, it is not just for yourself. It is for everybody else that's around you. It's for everybody else that comes into contact with you. It is real. It is here. It is here. Freedom is real. We got some imaginative rocks. Take them out. You can take them out. Take them out in the spirit. So Jonathan, I want, I want to ask you a question. How do you feel now? Do you feel lighter? What did you feel when some elders in the church, some gentlemen, some people who, who care came around you? What did that feel like? It felt like love. There we go. Give Jonathan a hand. That was a good answer. I didn't tell him what to say. If you have something to lay down, don't go on in life any longer carrying the weight of offense, carrying the weight of so-and-so did this and that, so that's why I'm going to stay where I'm at. Man, that's like Dr. Seuss. I didn't even... Do you hear that? So-and-so did this and that, so that's why I'm where I'm at. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't do that. This morning, um, I got the scripture, and I shared it in our Dream Team huddle. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says that you are a temple of God and his spirit dwells within you. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom inside of you. You are walking and talking. You are a breakthrough. You're a breakthrough for somebody else. You're a breakthrough for yourself. You have what it takes. It's already there. So today, I want to invite up the ministry team. If you need prayer, if you need someone to help you walk through your situations, your, your offenses, and you just need to dialogue with somebody, we've got a ministry team here. Come on up, everybody who's on the ministry team. <laughs> They're somewhere. They're ready to work with you. Don't hold on any longer to the pain that's caused you to stumble, the pain that's held you back. Jesus said, forgive them. In the midst of the cross, if he can do it, if he broke the chains of hell, that means we who have the Holy Spirit living inside us can truly walk in freedom. Amen. Don't hold on to it any longer. If you need a fresh touch from God, come on up. If you need um, anything, healing in your body, come on up. They're here to minister to you. Thank you. Amen. That's it. Caitlin, come on up.
I was pretty much sobbing at the end of that. Um, if you guys, I also felt led. Um, so we have awesome, amazing ministry team. And um, if you guys also, I felt like God was laying on my heart. If you've been the person who's been the reason someone's offended and you're holding that against yourself as like a way of saying, I'm not going to do that again. You know, you're punishing yourself to prevent yourself from hurting other people. It's time to forgive yourself because you can't keep judging yourself for you 10 years ago. So I feel like this isn't just for us to forgive others, but this is also a call for if you need to forgive yourself and let Jesus, he's already forgiven you, but you need to let yourself feel it. So that's a call for you guys to come on up. Um, I'm going to pray us out. And then we've got, I've got a little couple announcements for you guys. So Lord, I just thank you, God, for the chains being broken. I just feel chains being broken all over this room right now. Lord, and I just thank you, God, that, um, oh, Lord, I just thank you, God, for your sweet presence and the truth of who you are just reigning in our lives. Father, I thank you, God, that you're causing us to step into our identities as your sons and daughters and that you're pulling us closer to you, Jesus, and showing us what it looks like to walk like you did. So, Lord, I just pray a blessing over each of one of us here as we go out in our weeks. And, Lord, for those of us who may be sitting here going, there's nothing. I don't have any offense. I don't have anything. I'm not offended at myself. If there is something, remind us this week, Jesus. Keep the conversation going with us. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.